Good morning again. Guys, I love coming here every day and seeing your, your smiling faces. It's awesome. Welcome to church again. My name is Ryan. I'm the pastor here at Anchor. And I don't know about you, Dylan really scared me just now. So like, chill out. Good, he says. Good. Uh, we might be reevaluating who does our announcements. So just... <laughs> Oh, man. So we have been in a series walking verse by verse through the book of Romans um, since February last year. And we've just been uh, examining what the scriptures have to tell us. And it's been incredible to see just the, the foundations that the Apostle Paul is laying for the Christian faith in the book of Romans. And today we're continuing in that series, but... I'm so excited to introduce to you my friend Adam, who is going to bring the word today. Um, Adam, just to give you a little bit of context, Adam and I go back about 15, 16 years, something like that, where we were both like students, college students, sleeping on each other's floors and stuff. And, and there's one specific, there's one specific um, uh, memory that I have where I think you were like, 20, I think I was 21, something like that, and, and we're just, it's like 2 o'clock in the morning, and like, like, <laughs> we're in a bunk bed, I'm on the bottom bunk, he's on the top bunk, and we're just like dreaming, just dreaming about ministry, and dreaming about the things like God's going to do in us and through us one day, and I mean, because cause he's, man, this guy's a pastor, he's, he loves people, he loves um, teaching, and, and he, I mean, he is so pastoral, and so like, um, I'm really excited for you guys to hear from him. I, I believe God is going to use him to, to speak mightily today. So would you guys give it up for Adam as he comes forward? Hey, good morning, guys. How are you? You happy you decided to be in church today? I hope you are. I'm happy that I'm here. Um, I'm flying here all the way from Dallas, Texas, so don't hold it against me. Um, I don't know what you've heard about Texas. It's probably all true. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm so happy to be here with you today. Um, and I have, there's people watching online. So hey to everybody watching online. Um, everybody here. I think I have my family watching online. Hey, everybody. Um, but man, before I go any further, I feel like I just got to take a minute and honor Pastor Ryan and the Martinez family. Let me tell you, y'all have a great, do you hear the Texas come out there? Y'all have a great pastor. You really do. If you love Pastor Ryan and Robin and the family, you got to give it up for them. Man, if, if you're like new to Anchor or you're kind of checking it out or you're, you're, you're kind of on the fence or whatever, I think now's a great time. Plug in here. This is a great place to be. This is something I know about Pastor Ryan and about Robin and the family. They want to help you grow. They're, they're invested in helping you grow. And I've gotten to work with Pastor Ryan over the years. This is a dude that he will, if you've heard the, the word discipling, he's going to help you grow as a disciple of Jesus. You're going to become more like Jesus. You're going to love God's word more. This is one of the things I think I can brag about our friendship. Pastor Ryan has helped me love the Bible more than I ever did before. Um, and, and like the Old Testament too. Like, that, doesn't that sound weird? Like, he, he's an Old Testament nerd, which is awesome. It's helped me grow so much as a pastor, um, just as somebody who's trying to follow Jesus. And so I want to encourage you today, um, get plugged in here. This is an amazing church. This is an amazing family that's leading. And man, I'm so, so honored to get to be here with you today. I, and I love, I, I just wanted to um, reiterate today. This is all over like merch and the website and everything. This idea of knowing God and making him known. What an awesome mission to have. To know God better 
and to make him known in your community, within your church. It's such an awesome thing. Um, I'm going to jump in today into Romans 13. If you have your Bibles, go ahead and, and grab those. If you uh, have your favorite app that you like to read from, um, I realize now it might be, I don't know if people bring physical Bibles places anymore. Um, I didn't, it, I, I came in only like a carry-on, so I didn't have room to bring mine. Mine's this big old thing. So I got, I got it on the device here. Romans 13, verses 1 through 10. It says this. You're going to love this one. Everyone must submit to governing authorities. Have a great week. We'll see you next time. Um, understand if you do not want to invite me back again. Um, everyone must submit to governing authorities. For all authority comes from God, and those in positions of authority have been placed there by God. So anyone who rebels against authority is rebelling against God, uh, what God has instituted, and they will be punished. Oh man, it just gets better and better. For the authorities do not strike fear in people who are doing right, but in those who are doing wrong. Would you like to live without fear of the authorities? Then do what is right, and they will honor you. The authorities of God, our God's servants sent for your good, but if you're doing wrong, of course you should be afraid, for they have the power to punish you. They are God's servants sent for the very purpose of punishing those who do what is wrong. So you must submit to them not only to avoid punishment, but also to keep a clear conscience. I'm telling you guys, it gets better and better and better. Pay your taxes too for the same reasons. This is how he treats his friends, I'm just telling you. For government workers need to be paid. They are serving God in what they do. Give to everyone what you owe them. Pay your taxes and government fees to those who collect them and give respect and honor to those who are in authority. And finally, we can get to verses 8 through 10. This is so good. Here's the, here's the big why behind all of this. Owe nothing to anyone except for your obligation to love one another. If you love your neighbor, you will fulfill the requirements of God's law. For the commandments say you must not commit adultery, you must not murder, you must not steal, you must not covet. These and other such commandments are summed up in this one commandment. Love your neighbor as yourself. Love does no wrong to others, so love fulfills the requirements of God's law. I'm going to pray for us. This is a challenging passage today, so i got to pray before I do anything else. God, we believe that you're going to speak to us through your word today. We believe that it's living and that it's active. And, and uh, God, we also just acknowledge our, our shortcomings when it comes to coming to Scripture. And sometimes we, we'll just read it at a surface level and we'll make judgments and we'll try, to, we'll try to figure out what it means instead of really studying and really digging in and really trying to understand what you're trying to say to us. And, and so uh, today we acknowledge our shortcomings. We acknowledge that we might even be coming into a, a, a chapter like this with some biases and with some some ways that we already think, and we're not really sure we're open to what this is saying to us. But God, I pray you'd help us to be open to it. Um, we ask that you would transform us and change us and speak to us today in Jesus' name, I pray. And everybody said, amen, amen. So a little reset today. I'm going to show you pictures of my cute kids and my dog before we go any further today. Um, I think we have some pictures up there. So this is my family. Um, I'm holding my son Judah. And uh, my wife Sarah there, she's holding our daughter Jovi. They're six-year-old twins, Okay. And then Ellie is standing there in the middle. She's eight. Um, so I, I have a, a, these guys at home and been FaceTiming with them. And they, they have so many questions about where I am and what I'm doing. They're, they're watching online right now, but they're awesome. And in case you weren't sold on the cuteness, uh, there they are a little closer up. And, and we have a little, uh, little poodle, a little mini poodle guard dog that keeps us safe. It's so awesome. I, I, I feel so, so safe with him there. Um, 
he really believes it too. So, um, and as Ryan mentioned, we, uh, we go way back, and one of the things that we've just always nerded out about is the Bible. You know, as far as I can remember, he's like my Bible nerd friend. Like, I, I can remember going all the way back. When I have ideas about Scripture, I'm like, who do I talk to? It's going to be Ryan. Um, and, and one of the things, so, so when you're trying to grow in studying Scripture and, and just trying to learn it, trying to understand how it works, um, one of the things that you can do is try to put yourself in the place of the person that is reading that or hearing that in the time that it was written. And it sounds kind of strange, you know, because my first thing when I read something, I'm thinking through, like, my time now. How does that work right now in 2023? Yeah, it's 20. COVID has done some weird things to time, guys. I, I feel like it must be 2025 at least. But um, I, I, think, I think in the terms of, like, okay, how does this work for me now and, like, how things work now and how culture is now, but something you can do to, to, to get into Scripture and to really, um, to really find, uh, to be able to interpret what it's meaning. Because um, this, this is old. You know, this is thousands of years ago. One of the things that you can do is kind of put yourself in the mindset of the person that's hearing that at that time. And this is really interesting because as, as difficult as chapter 13 is for us to read and, and, and wrestle with, it was no different for the person that is hearing this. Like, just imagine, um, I, I think Pastor Ryan talked about this in one of the first weeks about Romans. There's persecution going on in Rome against Christians right now at, at the time that this book is being written, that this letter is being written to the church in Rome. And so I was just doing this kind of like, like thought experiment. Um, just imagine being the, the poor unlucky soul that had to check the mail that day when, when Paul's scroll is, is like coming in the mail. And he's, and he's the one that got put in charge and he's bringing it in. And it's the, it's the letter to the Roman church. And he was probably so excited because, man, you got a letter from Paul. Like, that's great. And, and he opens up the scroll, and he starts to read it, and there's just so many, man, Ro, uh, Book of Romans is just full of great stuff. Um, it, it starts out talking about, like, how God is going to punish sin, but then how faithful he is. Like, there's so many good things in the Book of Romans. He's so faithful. Um, it talks about how you can have joy in all kinds of circumstances. There, man, that, that's so good, we, that we can offer our bodies as a living sacrifice. We have a way to know God's will for our lives by offering ourselves as, as a living sacrifice. But just like today, when I started reading... He opens it up to chapter 13, submit to authority. Uh, it's, it's, a, it's an emotional reaction. For, for me, I read that and I'm like, okay, that can't be. There, let, me, let me look at all the different translations to see if there's a different way to read that. Nope. <laughs> it's, it's submit to authority. And if we're honest, if we're honest with ourselves, it just doesn't sit quite well. Like, in their culture, I'm sure, you know, they're, they're being persecuted. It doesn't sit well then. It doesn't really sit well. Now, it, the idea of authority sounds kind of like demeaning almost. Like, have you ever had a boss? I, and listen, like, we got war stories out there, all right? Like, you remember the stories of the bad bosses, right? Like, they, those just are quick to come to mind. Uh, but have you ever just had somebody that's, that's insisted, like, and they, and they remind you, hey, well, I'm... I'm your boss, and they have to say, and, and it's, there's just this feeling of like, man, like, you don't, why do you got, I know you're my boss, why do you got to remind me of it so often? Or like, that, when, has anybody ever said to you this, this uh, awesome phrase, my house, my rules? Maybe as a parent or a grandparent or just somebody in authority, my house, my rules. There's, there's just a feeling that happens when somebody, when you, when you think, even that phrase, it, it, you feel something. The idea of authority, it, it, I, I think if you zoom out a little bit, even just like as Americans, as people that live in this country, it just don't sit right. And I'm, I'm coming from Texas, like 
chapter 13 has mysteriously disappeared from all Texas Bibles. I'll tell you that much. Like, I don't know where it went, but like, if you're in Texas, this chapter isn't even in it. You can't tell those people what to do. <laughs> you just can't. Like, it's, it's kind of like, it's part of it. Don't, don't tell me what to do. Don't, don't tell me you're the boss. Don't tell me it's your house. It's your rules. I don't want to hear that. And I think we can often assume that if it doesn't feel like it fits with my character or with my culture, it must not be God's will. And, and, it, and, and it just, it's a, an assumption we make. If it doesn't feel like it fits with like my character, how I grew up, my, my background, my, my country, like if, how could this be God's will? But the crazy thing is if we're really, really honest, like go even a level deeper, it's not even just the bad authority that we struggle with. It, it's not just the people that abuse their position of power that we struggle with. It, it's not just the bad, the bad stories, the overbearing boss that we struggle with. If we're really, really honest, sometimes we just want what we want when we want it. That's me at least. I'll be honest with you guys and to everybody online. Sometimes I just want what I want when I want it. I was thinking about Genesis 1 with that, like, just further emphasizing this point, they had a perfect setup. They had the perfect place to live, all the food they needed, all the amenities, a beautiful garden. It was obviously the perfect temperature outside because they weren't wearing no clothes. Perfect weather. And still, and still, they saw something that they wanted and they took it. And that's how this whole thing happened. Sometimes we just want what we want when we want it. And that's why I think chapter 13 is so important. Because we're coming out of chapter 12 where it's talking about being a living sacrifice. Literally taking your life and giving it to God as if it were like a sacrifice in the day. And the difference is, this is what, what trips the whole thing up. Usually back then when you made a sacrifice, that animal died. And that's the end of the story. You take your sacrifice, you make your sacrifice, the end. And, and what Paul is trying to emphasize to us is that this is the beginning of that story for us. The, the living sacrifice that we're supposed to make is just the beginning of the story, and there's so much more to it. And I feel like he, it, he, he writes down chapter 12, offer your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing. This is the way you worship. This is the way that you know God's will. And, and it's almost like he stopped and he paused for a second. and went, man, that was a good chapter. That was some good writing, Paul. You know, pats himself on the back. But then had, had to stop for a minute and go, okay, are they really going to get it just from that? Like, chapter 12 was good. Like, a great idea. I, I better, I, I think I probably, I, I know these people in Rome. I know these Christians in Rome. I better spell it out a little bit. I better, I better expound on chapter 12 a little bit. Because it's not just enough to, to have this idea of living sacrifice or this, this uh, mentality of living sacrifice. There's a practical, a practical nature to this thing. See, chapter 12 sounds nice until you read chapter 13 and realize what it costs. Realize, realize that it, it requires something of us. If you're a living sacrifice to God, you and I don't get to decide what he does with that sacrifice. And that's a tough thing to give up. Because remember, sometimes I just want what I want when I want it. And so for, for it to be this ongoing thing where it's like, God, do you, you want every, my, my whole life? Like, I, I like the idea of that. That probably just means going to church, right? No. You, you probably just mean, you know, the, the really, really 
bad sins. Like, I, okay, so I won't cut people off in traffic so much. Again, I don't think I can move back to Texas because, like, that's just a way of life there. You know, you, you cut people off in traffic. But, like, maybe I'll just cut back on some of that kind of stuff. No. Chapter 13 is there because chapter 12 it, it, it's the idea, but 13 is the application. It's, it's the way. And so I feel like he, he chose, it, it's so brilliant in a way, but he chose the, probably the thing that would cause the, the greatest reaction. And it causes a reaction for us today too. Submit to, wait, so I'm supposed to be a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing. And I'll go to church and I'll live a Christian life and I'll even, I'll follow all the commandments. Submit to authority. Man, what, but what about when those people take advantage of me? What, what about when it's a bad boss? What about, are you a living? And, and it's a question. I feel like it's a question that should pop into our minds as we're reading this. If, we feel, if you feel that emotion when you hear Paul say, submit to authority and do all these things, it should make a question pop up in your mind. Am I really, I, I, I'll, I say that I'm a living sacrifice, but am I really? And it, it should cause this moment of like, okay, if I'm, feeling, if I'm feeling such a strong reaction to this thing, if I feel like, God, you must not mean that, what does it say about what's going on on the inside that that's so difficult for me? Because I want to say that I'm a living sacrifice, but it's so much harder to live it out. And I feel like Paul is going like, listen, I know it's tough, but that's why I'm spelling it out. That, that's why I'm taking the time to, to expound on this thing. That it's not just the idea of a living sacrifice. It's in every, what, what God wants from us, and what God wants from us today is every part of our lives. And yes, even that thing that, that we think we shouldn't have to give to God. Even the, even the thing where it's like, in this case, it's, it's authority. It's, it's the, the government. It's all this stuff. Man, there's so much, like, there's so much of a challenge with the idea of even if you just do the government piece of it today. If you even just think about that, man, people struggle with that. And, and what Paul is saying, he's like, look, I got to spell this out. A living sacrifice is not just a Sunday thing. A living sacrifice is not just an idea thing. It's something that we, we are actively putting ourselves back on that altar because you know what? The, those sacrifices in that day, you make your sacrifice, it's the end of the story. You put the animal out there, it's done. Today, it's so much more difficult because we have the ability to walk away from the altar. We have the ability to, to, to have this feeling of like, you know what, I just want what I want when I want it. I don't know if I want to do the living sacrifice thing today. And so it's a challenge that, that, that we go, listen, it's not just the idea. I got to apply this thing. I, I, need to, I need to really search my soul and find those areas that I don't want to surrender and, and take those things to God and go, do you want even that? And God's saying, yes. What it means to be a living sacrifice is yes, even that. Even the thing you think you least should have to surrender. Even the thing you think should be okay for you to still have, that you're willing to take that thing and go, God, this is part of the sacrifice too. I'm not going to hold any parts of it back for myself. I'm not going to decide what I want when I want it. I'm not going to try to have my own opinion. I'm not going to try to make up my own mind about this. I'm going to start first with, God, if I'm a living sacrifice, you get everything. You get every part of me. There's not anything that I'm going to hold back. And you know what? That doesn't mean you have to be one of these like like monks or something that lives off in the hills and like and you're in poverty and you have nothing he's a good god and so that there's this there's also can be this weird fear where it's like if i if i pray that prayer 
If I go, God, I, I'm, I am a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to you, that like somehow it's going to ruin our lives. And you know what? It's the best thing that we could do. God's saying it through Paul because it's the best thing that, that we could do. It's the best way to live our lives. It's the best way to love our communities and to have an impact in our world. This, this type of living, like living sacrifice, living, changes us and it changes our world if we can really live that way. So Paul said, I'm spelling it out. Even the thing you, you least want to surrender, even that, surrender it. See, God's plan is for Christians to be so surrendered to God and so focused on loving their neighbors that it makes people want what we have. It, it makes people who are outside of it have questions and go like, what, what's going on there? They, they live different. Like, they are different. They're, the way they interact is just different. And that's not because... These people deserve anything from us, but it's because you owe it to them because what God has done for you. And, and going back to verse 8 through 10, owe nothing to anybody except for your obligation to love one another. We have an obligation. We, we owe that love, not because of what anybody, any person has done, but because God has loved us. You see, if you're surrendered to God as a sacrifice and you love your neighbor, you fulfill every requirement. You don't even need the list anymore. You know, it, it's almost like an illustration. He's going, you got to be surrendered to authority. You got to do this. You got to pay your taxes. He makes this huge list, but verses eight through 10 are interesting because it says, if you love God and you love people, you fulfill every requirement. It, there's really a simple version of this where we're not trying to itemize what we need to be surrendered to. Cause I don't know if you're like that. I, I kind of will like make a list with God and go like, okay, you know, I can do this. I don't know if I can do that. But if we can give him everything, if we can love him and love our neighbors and, and we can focus on that, it fulfills every requirement. I don't know about you. I, sometimes, uh, and this, this isn't in here, but I feel like it's just a way to drive it home. Um, when my wife will go out of town or, or just be gone for the day, she'll leave a list of things that I need to do while she's gone. <laughs> How many of y'all know that list does not get completed? Like, never, never, never. Some of the, yeah, I got to witness up in the front row. Um, it's so much better uh, if I didn't need that list. <laughs> if I could just be aware of what's going on in my household, if I could just, just be in tune with all the th ways she's serving and loving us all the time. But guess what? I need the list. And you know what? I, sometimes I get upset about that. She leaves that for me. I'm like, why you got to do me like that? How, how could you? <laughs> I know what needs to happen around here. It's so much better if we can get the heart of this thing, if we can get the spirit of this thing, if we didn't need the list to say, first you need to submit to authority, then you need to pay your taxes, well, then you need to treat everybody right. Man, if, if we could get the heart of this thing, which is if you love God, if you're completely surrendered, living sacrifice, and you love people, you will fulfill every requirement. It's no longer about some human authority issue. Chapter 13 is the challenge to go back to that altar and surrender again and again as many times as you need to until you look like Jesus. Even the thing you least want to surrender. Yeah, even that. Everything. So I just got a couple of quick uh, takeaway ideas for you today. Um, I, I really do, uh, 
love this scripture. It, it's, it's probably one I've avoided. I've, I preach chapter 12 so much. It's such a fun chapter to preach. But God is, God's doing something in my life through learning through chapter 13. And so I'm so glad you're with me on the journey with that. A couple of quick takeaways today. And the first thing is this, and, and by the way, it's not going to be up on the screens because I changed how I worded things and I messed it all up. So write this down if you want to. God's way is better. The first observation is that God's way is better. And so going back to, to just how things work at my house, um, I, I mentioned this a few minutes ago, but when Sarah's out of town, you can just kind of tell at this point, um, things just devolve a little bit. Um, I got three little kids there. We got the dog. We got all, uh, just chaos just breaks out. And um, my way of dealing with that is kind of just to go with the flow, um, which is not the right way to handle that. Um, we end up eating out a lot. She, she's like, don't eat out a ton. We have food in the, in the fridge and in the freezer. I've made this plan for you. Um, and, and that just doesn't happen. And, you know, I'm, I'm going to be honest with you guys. It does not happen at all. Um, so we end up eating out a lot. We end up, like, she, she'll call me at the end of the night. Did they take their vitamins? No, they didn't take their vitamins. Did they, did they brush their teeth at the least? Maybe. Like, I, I think that one of them might have. Like, the rule follower one that, um, that just does it anyway, whether I ask them to. Like, I, I think so. And she's like, well, you know, did you do the... Did you do the things that, that I needed you to do on the rest? No, I, I, I didn't really. And the, the crazy part of it is, like, the first day or two of that, I actually am having some fun. Like, it's, I like it. Like, we're, we're just partying. We're, having, we're ordering pizza. We're watching movies till 9 o'clock at night. They fall asleep, like, on the floor. And it's, it's just, it's, it's glorious. Like, it's, it's amazing. Something funny happens, like, around, like, day three, though. I kind of start to miss the, the life that she has created for our family and the rhythms that, that she is so good at and just helps us. And like, she does all of our doctor's appointments. She does, she does all of the things that make our house work. And so a few days of that is, is fun. Like, I'm not gonna lie. Like, we, we have some fun. But then like day three, I'm like, man, like it is kind of good, isn't it? Like to have some order, to have, have a way that it works best for our family to, to have a, a way and like kind of a rhythm that like everyone's taken care of. The kids have what they need. They're sleeping good. It, they start acting crazier and crazier as the days go on. And so I'm like, okay, like there is something to this, like them like sleeping and like getting food and all that, that stuff they need. Like it, it kind of does work. And like th there's something funny that changes for me day three or so of Sarah being out of town and me being alone with the kids where I'm like, I miss, I miss the way that we were doing that, you know, a little bit. It was fun for a couple days, but now I miss that. And the point today is there's an order and there's a way that God's kingdom works. And when we follow it, it's just better. It just works better. And I really wanted to come and, and uh, help. Like uh, what I wanted to share today, I was hoping that it was going to be really helpful to people. I was hoping that, it, that it's something like for our lives that, that is encouraging. And I think one of the things that we struggle with with a passage like this and something I wanted to point out is that there are people in authority who just aren't good leaders. And so it, it makes us struggle a little bit because we start talking about authority and we start talking about God's order and how he wants to do things. And we have a, could have a little bit of like a, a, just a sour taste in our mouth because there are people in authority that just aren't really very good leaders. They're just not good to follow. They don't, it's, it's kind of like when dad's alone with the kids. Like it's, it can be a little fun, but really that's not good leadership. That's not, you're, I'm not really taking care of things when I'm in that mode. And I don't want you guys to think I'm neglectful, by the way. Like it, they're good. They're fine. 
They survive every time. But not everybody in authority is a good leader. And even Jesus acknowledged this. I wanted to share Matthew 20, 24. Because he's sharing with his disciples, a a bunch of his disciples start fighting about who's going to be the greatest in the kingdom. (laughs) They're silly. They they do this stuff all the time. Um, I love scripture. But the, the disciples start fighting, like, within earshot of Jesus about who's going to be the greatest in the kingdom. And so he takes this as a teaching moment. I love this. When the ten other disciples heard what James and John had asked, they were indignant. Because they had asked, like, you know, who's going to sit on your left and right? Who's going to, you know, be more powerful than the other? And Jesus called them together and he said, hey, listen, listen, listen. You know the rulers in this world lord it over, other, over their people. And officials flaunt their authority over those under them. But get this, among you, it will be different. Whoever wants to be a leader among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first among you must become like your slave. And even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve others and to give his life as a ransom for many. So Jesus is acknowledging there's a gap there. There's a bunch of people you see in authority and in leadership. They're not really good leaders. Look how they're acting. Look what they're doing. But in this house... Is going to be different. Within the church, it needs to be different. And I have good news for you today. You have good leaders at Anchor Church. And it's such a blessing. You have, you have good people serving and helping and leading. You have a great pastor and a great family that's leading. That's really good news because out there, it's not always like that. Out there, people do authority and leadership the wrong way. But in here, it's different. And this is something I want you to hear from me today. Healthy submission to spiritual authority makes your life better. And that's why it's in there. Healthy submission to spiritual authority, to to healthy authority, to, to your leaders and your pastors here in the house. It makes your life better. You have accountability. You have people to pray for you. You have people that support you. You have people that don't let you slide. You know, like you're not, you know when it's like, Mom's been out of town for a couple days and, and things are just sliding. It's just not good. It's just getting out of order. You have people around that care about you enough that they'll say something. They go, hey, I, I just love you. I just care. And I noticed that it's kind of getting crazy. Like things are getting kind of out of order in life. Is there, can I pray for you? Is there anything I can do? It, is, can we get together? Like the, you have pastors and you have leaders here that will do that. That's, that's a blessing. That's a gift. Healthy spiritual authority is a gift. And I could just hear, like, as Paul's writing chapter 13, he's going, look, I, I, I just got to spell this out a little bit because it works. It just works different. God's way is supposed to work better. Authority here, how leadership works here, is supposed to be different. God's way is better. But it gets even better than that. In, in, in this chapter, Paul's also setting it up for how Christians are supposed to live and function in the greater community. And, that, and that's awesome. We can't miss that. That what we have here, in, if, if it's just good inside the walls of Anchor Church, we're not fully living out our purpose. It has to be good here, and it also has to be something that it serves and it blesses the greater community. That what we're doing here has an impact. And Christians aren't always good at this. And one of the reasons why, I think sometimes we're too like, easily trolled out of our peace and out of 
our purpose and out of what God wants to do in our lives and out of what God wants to do in our churches. And if, and if you haven't heard that phrase before, I figured I should explain um, what trolling is in case anybody doesn't know. Um, my daughter came home, my six-year-old came home a few weeks ago and she said, Daddy, today at school, someone roasted me. And I was like, what? What are you talking about? She's like, everybody's been roasting each other, which you're just like, I don't know if you know what a roast is. Just go Google these things. Um, it, it's, it's no good. Um, but it, it's basically just kids saying like mean, random things to each other. Um, and it's not even a, a really a joke. Like a roast is supposed to be kind of funny. Like it's like a joke. But like, I was like, well, Jovi, what did, what did he say? It's like, he said, you don't know what a sandwich is. Boom, roasted. And then ran away. This is trolling 101. You throw something out there, you say something to somebody, and the other person has a reaction and gets super offended, super upset. And I'm not going to go too deep into this, but we have this purpose given to us by God. We're supposed to love our communities. We're supposed to, what we have in here is so good. God's way is better. We're supposed to be having an impact out there, but we so easily get trolled out of it. We fight human battles instead of spiritual battles. We get caught up in a bunch of stuff that just throws us off track. We think the fight is out there, and really, man, it's right here. It's inside. One of the, the stories in the Bible that I was thinking about with this is Jesus is in the garden praying. He's, ju he's just about to be betrayed, and all these soldiers show up to arrest him. And it's crazy what happens because he had been praying. He, had been, he knew that, that the end of his life was coming, and, and they were just supposed to be like prepare, preparing and praying and getting ready. And these soldiers show up to arrest him, and He's about to go willingly. What does Peter do? His, like one of his top guys grabs a sword and cuts a dude's ear off. That, that was Peter's response to, okay, Jesus is about to step into his purpose and I'm his wingman. What should I do? Grabs a sword, cuts off a dude's ear. Peter was hurting somebody while Jesus was healing somebody because this is what happens. In this moment, it's a defining moment and, and you see Jesus again, once, once again, illustrate his deeper purpose, why he's really here. Like these people thought that he was here to conquer Rome, that he was here to have a religious victory, a political victory. And what he did is he picked up that icky ear off the ground and he healed this dude. Peter was hurting. Jesus was, he didn't lose track of his purpose. He was in the business of healing. His ministry had always been about healing, and that didn't change just because somebody sold him out and arrested him and betrayed him and all his dudes ran away. He was still doing what Jesus knew he was supposed to do. God's way is better, and it's, not, it's supposed to make not only things better here inside the family, inside Anchor Church, it's supposed to make everything better. It's supposed to make our world better, and I feel like Paul is just spelling it out and, listen, and going, listen, this living sacrifice thing, I, we're all going to have this tendency to just want what we want when we want it and, and make it about ourselves. But this whole living sacrifice thing, it's supposed to have a bigger impact than that. God's way is better. And every time that we try to do our own thing, and sometimes it's even for Jesus, we try to do our own thing in a way that we think we're supposed to do it. And Jesus is going, listen, <laughs> you don't get it. You picked up a sword. You, you, you were just making a move. You picked up a sword, and really what we're here to do is to heal and restore and to love and to have an impact. God's way is better. It's supposed to make our world better. The second thing I want to tell you is God's will 
is better. So his way is better. His will is better. The epic conclusion to this story. So Peter cuts the ear off. Jesus heals him. And then what happens? Jesus just gives up. He lets them arrest him and take him. Not what anybody expected. And I think the reason why he was able to do this, this is a guy like, and, and we have to stop and remember, Jesus had all the power. He had the ability to save himself at any point in this entire journey. Jesus had all the power. He's God. He could do anything he wanted. He could do like a, a crazy cool miracle. He could have like caused ninjas to just like appear like out of the forest and just like carry him off. I don't know. I'm just making that up. Like he could have done anything. Like if I, I'm just being honest, if I had that kind of power, like ninjas would be involved on a regular basis. He could have done any manner of things to save himself, to change the situation. And he surrendered. Why did he do that? Why did he do that? I think an indicator is what he was praying just before. And his prayer was something along the lines of, not my will, but your will be done. And there's some human moments in there because he says, God, if, if there's any way for this cup to pass, if there's any way for me to not have to go through with this, if there's any way for me to avoid this pain and, and to not have to do it this way, but nevertheless, not my will, your will be done. And I have this conviction, I have this feeling that he just kept praying that over and over and over again until what he wanted changed. And this is why I'm here to tell you today that God's will is better because we're not subject to just what we want. I, I, I really want to share this today. We, sometimes we think the whole like what I want thing, we have to, our lives have to be ruled by that. And I'm here to tell you today, God's will is so much better and we can pray just like Jesus did until what I want changes to be like what God wants. And that's what we see Jesus doing here. Not my will, but yours be done. What you want can change. What you want does change. Uh, a perfect example of this is what I wanted to do in my 20s. So a friend would text me at 9 o'clock at night. And think back to your 20s. It might have been like this. Maybe they weren't texting yet. But think about your 20s. A friend calls you up, texts you at 9 p.m. What do you do? You wanna go, they're asking, you want to hang out? You want to go somewhere? You haven't made plans. They're just asking you out of the blue. In my 20s, I'm like, sure. I'll, I don't know where we're going. I don't know what we're doing, but I'm in. I'll, I'll do it. My 30s are a lot different. I can't imagine a worse scenario than somebody texting me at 9 p.m. and asking me to go do something right now. That just sounds terrible. I don't, I don't care what it is. I don't know where we're going. You might have free tickets to something. The last time I went to a concert, I stood for like three hours straight and then my back hurt for a week. Like, 30s are so different. And I, like, what I want has changed. What I want now is like, if it's 9 p.m., I just, I kind of just want to chill. Like, I don't, I don't want to go anywhere. I want to be in sweatpants. Like, I put on jeans today. It's the first time I've worn, I work from home now. Like, I haven't worn jeans in like a month. Like, it's, it's weird. I'm like, how did I live like this? What you want changes. And what you want can change. And so we're, uh, something I wanted to say today is we're not a slave to what we want. If you're in, if you're in Christ, you're not a slave to what you want. And, and we get down this, like, like we, we wrestle within ourselves. Like, man, I just, I, I, there's these wants that I have, and I think I need this, and I think I want this. And what I wanted to come 
tell you today is that God's will is better and what you want can change. And if you, just like how Jesus did in the garden, like he just prayed until what he wanted changed to be more like what God wanted. And it's powerful. It changes our lives. In that moment, Jesus didn't feel like dying. He didn't feel like going through with it. And I love that moment where you see he was fully God and fully man. Because we have emotions like that. God, I don't know that I want to go through with this, whatever it is. Like, this is difficult. I don't know that I want to go through with it. But when's the last time that you took, you and I took our strongest opinion and prayed the prayer, not my will, but yours be done. Not what I want. God, what you want. When was the last time you took what you want for your future plans, for your family, for your job, your career maybe, and you said, God, there's these things I want. There's these things I dream about. There's these things I'm thinking about. But you know what? Before I take another step, not what I want. I want what you want. I want and, and I'm open to being the kind of living sacrifice that can change, that what I want can change until it's more like what you want. When was the last time? When you surrendered not only what you do, but what you want. It's life-changing because the best thing we can do is align ourselves with God's will. God's will is better. God's will is better. So I kind of wanted to wrap up with this. Um, I don't know if the team's coming back up. Um, I wanted to wrap up with this thought because people struggle with the idea of how do I know what God's will is? People ask that question a lot. How do I really know God's will? Because Again, we wrestle so much. I, I, I kind of, I feel like I know what I want. And even then, sometimes we don't even really know what we want. We're just doing, we're, we're doing things. We're, make, we're, we're taking action. And so I feel like people struggle. How do I really know God's will? Is it like, is it something he speaks to me in a prayer? Is it, is it I've met people where it's like, I was, I was at a camp service and God told me I was going to be a youth pastor and I've been a youth pastor for the rest of my life. And let me tell you, that's not my story at all. I feel like it's, it's, wrestling it's 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 fighting with it it's going it, it's a constant battle with what i want how do you really learn god's will i got to circle back to romans 12 because if 13 is the application we got to come back to remember what that original challenge was romans 12 therefore i urge you <coughs> brothers and sisters in view of god's mercy to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice holy and pleasing to god This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. It's right there for us. And I love that we've gotten to study this the last two weeks. God wants you to know what his will is. And if there's anybody out there, you've been struggling with like, does God even really even want to speak to me about this? Is that just for like special, like really spiritual people to know God's will? Is it just for Pastor Ryan? Because he's the pastor of the church to know God's will. Nope. He, he's trying to make it as plain as possible. The people that have confused it the most are, I think are Christians. Kind of like, and I don't know why that dynamic is because to me it's just so plain. Don't conform just to what you want. <laughs> Don't conform just to what everybody's doing. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. To me, I see this as a renewing of what I want, the way I want to do it, what my will is, 
deciding that if I'm a living sacrifice, all of that's on the table. Everything. Even the thing that I think I, don't, I shouldn't have to sacrifice. Even the thing that I'm not sure if God cares about. Even, even the parts of my life that I think he's, he's maybe not, is he even involved in that? Taking every part and sacrificing it to him and giving it to him. Not conforming just to what I want anymore, but being renewed, being changed. I want to end with this. Sacrifices don't usually have choices, but you do. I do. It's a weird thing, because usually the sacrifice is the end of the story. But for us, it's just the beginning. And the challenge is, we're sacrifices with choices. We got options. Are we going to try to go back to, now that we're in Christ, now that we know Jesus, are we going to try to go back to just trying to figure it out, what I want, when I want, how I feel at any given time? Are we going to be the kind of people that take that option? We have the choice to do whatever we want and surrender it and give it to God, give him everything we are. Let me tell you, this, I don't have this figured out. I don't have it perfect. But I do know it changes my life. It changes my church. And if a church like Anchor Church can do this, if we can do this, it's going to change our city. It gives us the opportunity. It gives us the open door. Something is different here. We're not doing it like everybody else is doing it. We've decided to be a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God, transformed, renewed. What I want changes to be more like what Jesus wants for me. I want to pray for us. God, I thank you for your word. I thank you that your will isn't hidden. You're not trying to keep it a secret. You want us to know what you want for our lives. And so I thank you for the challenge these last two weeks. Not just to have the idea of being a living sacrifice, but really the challenge to, to how to practically live that out. And there's so many areas of our lives where it may feel like it's off limits to you right now. But God, would you help us? Take every part, holding nothing back, surrendering it to you. Let's keep our eyes closed for just a moment. As you're hearing this today, you may be in the place where you've maybe been around church, maybe not, but you've never taken that step to fully surrender. You've never taken that step to take everything that you want and give it to God. So we're going to have an opportunity. We're going to pray. We're going to have a song. But even just right now, if you're in that place where you're just going, you know what, that's me. I want to take the step to surrender a little more today. I want to take the step to be more like Jesus today. I want to take the step to, to not hold anything back. On the count of three, I just want you to throw up your hand. No one's looking around. Um, just hold your hand up so that I can see and I can know who we're praying for today. And It's an awesome step to take. So if that's you, you want to surrender more to Jesus today. I'm going to count to three and just go ahead and lift up your hand. One, two, three. God, we thank you today 
Thank you for the opportunity to surrender. Thank you for the opportunity to be made new. And once again, we offer everything that we are, everything that we want. And we lay it on the altar. Jesus, you can have it. So what we're going to do really quickly, worship team's going to lead us in a song. We're going to take a moment just to respond to the Spirit of God. I don't want us to rush through this. I don't want us to, to rush out too quickly. I want us to allow the Holy Spirit to do His work. So as the worship team leads us, you can pray, you can sit and, and meditate or think on on what we just heard you can sing the song however you need to respond let's do that this morning but again let's not rush through this moment let's allow God to do his work in us worship team lead us God that's my prayer for us today that we would continue to learn what it means to make our life an altar. What it, continue to learn what it means to be a living sacrifice. We love you, God. We thank you. In Jesus' name. Really quickly before we go, we have a few next steps. Um, just to, to take the message and tangibly do something uh, with it this week. Um, just to, it's this week I'll memorize Romans 13, 10. Love does no wrong to others, so love fulfills the requirements of God. It's, it's all out of that, that love that, that we're able to do this. And then finally this week, I'll invite someone to sit with me at church. We want other people to know God. And so um, one of the easiest ways is to personally invite somebody. So um, really quickly, just say one last prayer and then we can be dismissed. God, we love you. We thank you. God, we, we want your way. Your way is better. Your way is better. And we recognize that today. We proclaim that today. Teach us, God. Lead us. Guide us. And finally, may the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. Amen. 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 Thanks for being here, everybody. Thanks for, for worshiping with us today. Have a blessed week. We will see you next Sunday.